Hello everyone, it's Precious Pioneer and welcome back to another episode of Precious the Foodie. I am so happy to have you this week. It is Thanksgiving week. I hope that you're staying safe and inside with your loved ones enjoying the holiday season. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays, not just because I'm a foodie, but I love the ambiance it brings. Today I have a guest who hopes to inspire and bring joy to people through healthy cooking and laughter. He has a funny YouTube channel show called Off the Cuff to teach others um, low-carb meals without sacrificing the flavor. But whatever you are eating this holiday, I hope that you are full and happy. Let's jump in. Hi, welcome to Precious the Foodie Podcast, the show that will uncover stories through palettes and memories. My name is Precious Pioneer, your host. I'm a chef, a creative, and a foodie. I'm meeting people all over the world using food as a medium to highlight truths into bite-sized pieces. Hi there, my name is Craig Mitchell. I'm a retired stand-up comic. I'm an actor. I have a, uh, I, well, I'm from Van Nuys, California, originally from Levittown, New York, Long Island, yes. And uh, and I, I currently have a, a, an online cooking show, which is a comedy show <laughs> that features low-carb cooking and comedy called Off the Cuff, Healthy Cooking with Craig Mitchell. Awesome. So you said that you're originally from Long Island and then you moved all the way to the West Coast, California. What brought you over there? Well, first, I have to correct you. It's Long Island. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know I moved out here in 2001 because I want to do more film and TV. And I'm still waiting. So I'm no. So I actually, it's, it's, a, it's a tough business, but I've created mm-hmm. a lot of my own content. Yeah, I think that's the perfect way to go. Um, what inspired you to uh, pick up comedy in the first place? What is? Um, can you tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into comedy? Sure. Um, I always wanted to be funny. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I, I I was totally. Now I'm a baby boomer. I'm 60 years old. So I grew up in the '60s, and I was in, I was absorbed in the shows like Gilligan's Island and I Dream of Jeannie. I'm sure you're too young to remember these. I'm such an old guy, I'll tell you. I'm old. I own all these stories. And um, I, I, I loved, uh, like, MASH. I loved how quick-witted Hawkeye was, and I always wanted to emulate that. Mm-hmm. And I slowly just, I went into acting first, and then it kind of bled over to comedy. And I, I did some, I started doing stand-up that went to improv, and it became the love of my life. I love that. I love how um, passion-driven you are. I think no matter where you are, even just creating your own content to do what you love at the end of the day is um, a lesson within itself. I love that. It's very freeing. I, I, uh, I had an improv group in the mid-90s. We lasted five years. We did mm-hmm. really well. And mm-hmm. next, I'm having as much fun now doing my show as I did then. So you said that you have a cooking, a comedy cooking show. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about it and then why you decided to start it? Uh, Well, um, I really didn't like cooking that much. Uh, I I really just cooked to eat. And I was very simple, but I ate a lot. (laughs) And in 2016, I was about 400 pounds and I got really dizzy after eating dinner once and a week 
and I thought I had low blood sugar. And my, my roommate actually had a, a testing kit, and my mm-hmm. blood sugar was over 360. And uh, that was my introduction to type 2 diabetes. I went to a, my doctor, and he said I had the highest, uh, well, the biggest case or worst case of type 2 he'd ever seen. My, AC, my A1C was 12. And he said I would need surgery. I would need, you know, like bariatric surgery to lose weight. And he said mm-hmm. I would need two or three different kinds of medication. And I said, no, I'll do this on my own. And yeah. I went on an eating plan. because I, My mom had had type 2 diabetes before she passed. And I learned how to control her blood sugar. So I just did it for myself. Mm-hmm. And within six months, I was off all meds. And I've been off meds now for four years because of the way I eat. People told me I should write a book. Well, <laughs> I'd much rather be funny. And so I decided to do a cooking show. Yeah, I love I love that. Um, the thing is, though, um, a little bit going into your story a little bit. So when you were at 400 uh, mm-hmm. pounds, did you ever question your health or your eating habits? Like what mentality were you at in that place? Were there any warning signs or anything that made you think anything related to food uh, before you had that dinner? Total denial. Total mm-hmm. denial. I'll take care of this tomorrow. Today I can indulge. It's not that bad. I'll be able to do it. I lost weight before. When mm-hmm. I was uh, 28, I lost 111 pounds. I went down to 194 pounds and I was gorgeous. <laughs> and um, uh, I kept that off for about seven years. I actually had gallbladder surgery and for some reason my metabolism changed and I gained a lot of it back. Then I mm-hmm. stopped smoking and more weight came on. So. Yeah, it was total mm-hmm. denial. I knew I was eating wrong, but I was just dancing through raindrops until I got clobbered. Right, exactly. And did did it feel like, not necessarily that it didn't matter, but it felt like, what was that like? I'm trying to imagine what that feels like, just denial pushing it off, I suppose. Um, what were your what was your thought process? And do you think that you're having a family background with type 2 diabetes, do you think that played a role in your eating habits at all or no? No, uh, I, I, I will tell you the, I'll tell the honest truth. I don't really talk about this much only because it's not relative to my show, but it's an important part of my story. I'm mm-hmm. a recovering alcoholic. I'm also a recovering opiate addict. Okay. So when you're in recovery, you learn a couple of things and you learn that sometimes you sell, if you can't self-medicate with alcohol or opiates, you self-medicate with food. Mm-hmm. And I think my rationalization was, well, I'm not drinking, I'm not abusing opiates, I'm just eating a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was like the lesser of the three evils. No, and, that's uh, that, that's uh, why I think I let it go so long. Yeah, I I could see that. And you say that it's not um, relevant, but it so much is because, um, believe it or not, a lot of common eating disorders, whether that be eating too much or not eating enough, um, relates to some emotional or cognitive response. And so treating one addiction for another for the comfort of food is very common, but also um, it could be something traumatic in somebody's life. You know, someone had passed away or it could be through, that's why there's that uh, kind of with the breakup of somebody eating lots of food or ice cream and snacks, you know, like we tend to have emotional responses and grabbing something that we know for comfort, which is food. It's a very commonality. So I think your story is all the more relevant. Well, even it's it's about control and Mm -hmm. it really is. Uh, And in my, when I was doing stand up and improv in the early nineties, I was actually an active bulimic. 
And uh, for for they say it's very rare for men. I I'm not sure of the statistics, but I think maybe mm-hmm. it might be a little bit rare for a man to admit it. You know, yeah. uh, but I was I was binging and purging at that point too. So I had food issues, and doing this show at this point is and and eating lower carb, healthier food is a way of taking control and taking power away from those. Uh, I, I guess I would say diseases, but uh, but mm-hmm. but from those psychological aspects of my being. Right. So, okay, so you had the dinner and you felt dizzy and you went to the doctor yeah. and they told you all this bad news, yeah. um, which I'm sure felt overwhelming, like sitting there and him him or her telling you telling you that, what was your thought process? And then why did you decide from that point on you were going to do it by yourself? Well, I, the, I'll tell you, initially I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I, I hope that's okay to say. It's all right. I, I was angry. I, I was angry at myself because I knew better. Uh, I also knew I knew how to eat and I knew what to eat, and I also knew I would enjoy it because I love vegetables. But my my real the ground zero of my my problem was bread. I am a breadaholic. Mm, me too. I love some carbs. carbs. Oh, potato <laughs> chips, but nuts. You know. And mm-hmm. as I sat there, and I've had several friends who've had the bariatric surgery, you know, where they staple the stomach and or when they do the mm-hmm. bypass, mm-hmm. and I would say 60% of them don't work because they they continue their eating habits. Mm-hmm. You've got to change your eating habits or else nothing's going to work. Right. It's and not, it's not so much as a quick fix. It's more on the internal side, your mentality, right? Correct. It is. You, and you, if you don't change how I eat, the same problem is going to reoccur. Or recur, mm-hmm. and uh, I did that immediately. I started on the spot, and I lost about 109 pounds. And the only problem is, I I, I haven't lost any since then, and I'm staying about 290 that area. But because I I'm not active enough, and uh, that's that's on me. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as eating right, eating low carb, exercising all sugar out of my diet, not mm-hmm. a problem. Yeah, of course. Um, have you ever seen that documentary show? What is it? Uh, where that guy he eats nothing but green juices or something for like no. ninety days? Have you seen that? No, but yeah. um, he has a very. <laughs> would you say? I said yuck. <laughs> I know, I know, but no. It's just your story reminds me a little bit of that because he had the same sort of thing. He had type two diabetes and his doctor told him the same thing that he's going to have to take all of these medications and things like that. And he's like, you know what, like from this point on, like, um, let me just challenge myself to do it on my own and have nothing but healthy greens or something for this amount of time. And he was able to not only lose weight, but be healthier than he ever was before. And I think that sometimes to make such a sharp decision like that, we have to face, come face to face with our biggest fear or what we've been putting off for all of that time, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, But but what's really important with doing something that drastic is what do you do after you're done with it? How do you adjust? Exactly. Almost like a maintenance, you know? Exactly. I have friends who have said, Craig, I'm a type 2 diabetic. I want to do this. What can I do? I said, well, you can have this. You can you can use uh, you can dip some broccoli, some cauliflower. Oh no 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 no! I hate vegetables. And I'm like, I don't know how to guide you. I really don't. I mean, it's veggies are very important to me, 
they give me an important balance. And a lot of times they're in alternative recipes. Like I make uh, for Thanksgiving coming up, I make mashed cauliflower and it's so great and they mm. won't touch it. Yeah. Uh, so it's rough. Exactly. When I, cause I get people like that all the time who um, have a very closed mind to certain, certain foods. And I honestly think like when they say things like that, like, Oh, you know, I just don't like it. Um, you have to ask, then you have to ask them like, um, what don't you like about it? Or what vegetables have you tried? And oftentimes, I think a lot of it's like the same uh, sort of children mentality of like children won't eat vegetables because they just don't like them. But the often more often than not, the only time they're ever exposed to it is like the mushy canned version from like school lunches or um, they weren't prepared properly. And I feel like if they're just exposed in the right way, because carrots can be so incredibly sweet, you know, when they're just cooked in a pan with a little salt, you know, like different, there's so many different varieties that you can do. Um, And there's a little bit of something for everybody, whether you like sweet or salty or bitter. So it's almost, it's not impossible to not like vegetables, but there's, it's so diverse. It's like kind of hard to hate them all, you know? No, I I agree. You know, um, when you're diabetic, depending on your own body. There's some things you can tolerate more than others. Like I, I cannot tolerate any kind of rice, white mm-hmm. rice, brown rice. I love brown rice, but it spikes my blood sugar way too uh, high. Mm-hmm. So I can't have it. So I use cauliflower rice and I've learned how to make it. I'm also, I'm big on air fryers. I have four mm-hmm. of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, we just I, got I, one too. I, so I make air fried cauliflower fried rice it's so decadent and delicious. You you know you really can't tell. I can, mm-hmm. and I actually love it. You know, it's a. I can have carrots. I know some people with type two can't. I guess mm-hmm. the sugar content will spike them, but it doesn't spike mm-hmm. me. And I can have a, a potato a day, and it's fine. Some people can't have potatoes, so I'm lucky that I can do it. Yeah, everybody everybody's body is so different, and so I think just figuring out um, how your own body works it could be so beneficial. Very um, to you. So I wanted to ask you, okay, so you're at this point and you decided to do this journey on your own and it's going relatively well as far as you've told me. Um, so how, what were, what was the thought process to start uh, a comedy show and what is the theme around it? So are you teaching recipes? Are you throwing in jokes and puns? What are you, what are you doing? What kind of content are you creating? Well, this is an interesting, uh, interesting progression and it might, it, it might, to expose the performing snob in me, mm-hmm. and I don't mean because every time I tell this story, it sounds like I'm like I'm, I'm aloof, but <laughs> it's true. I was uh, searching when I was starting this journey. I was searching for recipes on the internet, you know, uh, for a low carb this, low carb that, mm-hmm. and I went to these videos, and they were informative, and they had good recipes, but the way they were delivered was like you know putting putting needles in my eye. It was mm-hmm. like, it was like so you. You take the cauliflower and <laughs> pull it apart, and it's slow, and it was boring, and the camera was dark, and the sound mm-hmm. was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I said, I could do this better than that. That's mm-hmm. all I said. And I said, and then I got the, I, I started it, and uh, I have seventy-five episodes now. Mm-hmm. And if you look back at the first one, guess what I did? You take the potato, you <laughs> peel it. It was terrible, but I've uh, I've grown into it. I definitely have um, a, a, a formula now. Uh-huh. I, I do an intro. I do a comedy bit related to the food. I do the mm-hmm. ingredients, and then I show you how to do it. 
and um, it's fun. It's and I have a lot of friends who are actors and comedians who do parts mm-hmm. on the show. Uh, <laughs> I had a friend come in and play Bluto from Popeye. Okay. Um, it's it's I I had my my roommate play Chef Boy or Boy <laughs> because <laughs> I did uh, I did air fried low carb uh, ravioli. It's so, awesome. Yeah, it's 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 a lot, it's a lot of fun. But it, uh, like I said, I've learned by doing, and mm-hmm. I hope to keep on growing. Do you think having some of uh, your guests be some of your friends who also have type two diabetes on your show would help them uh, change their view on the food that they're making? Like, if you got them more involved in the cooking process. Yeah, and I actually have people who aren't type 2 who are interested in it because they want to keep their weight down or they want to decrease their their consumption of carbs. I have a friend, his name is, is Byron Glickfeld, who's done like five or six episodes with me. Mm-hmm. He's not type 2, and he doesn't even really have a weight problem, but he's obsessed with my low-carb biscuits. Mm. So every time every time he does a show, he goes, don't pay me, just give me some biscuits. <laughs> that sounds like my type of guy. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. Uh, I have um, I have sort I have a, I have another comedian friend who's not he's not diabetic, but he loves my air fried fried chicken, which is low carb, and I make air fried not air fried. I made a low carb chocolate cake that mm-hmm. is really popular. Mostly they're just actors, but some people really get involved and get into it. I have a lot of friends who are actors who, who watch the show on Facebook and YouTube. Mm-hmm. and they are making the recipes and they're sending me pictures of what they did. That's, That's cool. awesome. Do you think as your community gets a little bit bigger, that motivates you to continue your weight loss journey? And then also, what do you hope your videos do for other people as you create uh, more episodes to your show? The, well, as far as my weight loss journey, it's it's firmly on my shoulders. I already have the food part down. Mm-hmm. I need to go out and exercise. I'm too sedentary. And this lockdown, you know, I haven't really worked since March. I was a rideshare driver. That was mm-hmm. my that was my survival job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I have I have a bad back and all that. I make excuses, but I should really go out on a track and, and walk every day. And I would lose the rest of this weight. And I know it's on me. And I'm being honest about it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. Far, That's a really yeah. good step. As far as what as far as what they want the show to convey is, I want to give people some hope, and uh, I'm a member of ver- several uh, diabetic cooking uh, groups on Facebook, and people go, "I don't know what to eat." Oh my god! And I go, "What what can I have for breakfast? I'm sick of eggs, you know." And mm-hmm. I'll I'll share the recipe for biscuits and waffles and pancakes and uh, all this stuff that's lower carb that they can have, and because just because you're diabetic and you can't have carbs doesn't mean you can't enjoy your food. You absolutely can. And that's what the show is really all about. Exactly. Going back to, uh, you said that you know that you should, but you're uh, incredibly sedentary. Uh, Why do you you think that is? Laziness. (laughs) Yeah. Well, right. But the thing is, though, like you said that you should go out and walk um, on the track. And to be frank, that sounds incredibly boring. Is there anything that you enjoy doing um is it just being outside and so that's why you reference that or do you like biking or dancing or something that like you don't want when you think about it it makes you happy Elaine from Seinfeld makes me look like a good dancer a bad dancer sorry Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it but that's beyond the point you know like I think 
if you just enjoy it, you know, like that's where it comes, that's where it stems from. And we are in quarantine right now. So there's like hundreds and hundreds of dance classes on YouTube or for free that you can just follow along and you're, you have the privacy of your own home and you can just jam out. But that's another way to get your body moving where it's exciting. You know, it's not necessarily like, oh, let me go walk on this track, you know, like because it tracks a circle and I get, yeah, I get to see how you enjoy it sometimes, but like maybe you need to pick something that makes you smile. But I've been introduced to a whole new world over the past several months. I know I'm late to the party, but I can play a podcast through my Bluetooth and I can listen to like your show when I'm walking. Yeah. I can listen to other shows and that's entertaining. And if you get lost in it, you don't even realize you're walking. So, yeah. so I really don't have an excuse. The weather is cooler. And for the next, I, one of my goals is to get out there and start doing this. So I get up early. I can do it in the morning. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that's, I think that's great. Yeah. You, you make a really good point. Cause I like to walk my dog to podcast shows and then to monitor the time. I, it, they're usually like 30, 45 minute episodes. And then once it's done, then I know it's like time to go home. Exactly. So it's a, it's a really good, that's a really good strategy. It, 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 you know, I, I'm I'm just trying to do something to get myself to do it because uh, so far that's filled with a lot of empty promises and I'm being hard on myself. I try to give myself credit for where I've come from and that's mm-hmm. great, but I'm 60 years old and the weight's not doing any of my joints any favors. Yeah. And if I want to be mobile and if I want to be happier, I really need to get to shake the leg, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to get it like shaken. That's that's funny. So I think my some of my final questions is, so you're creating this comedy show and you hope to inspire other people with your recipes and everything like that. Uh, where do you see your show growing into? Like what is your end goal? Uh, what do you hope to like grow your show to a point, I suppose, like um, by creating this episodes? I would really like you to make it a full-time vocation. Because one, uh, I, I would love to do a show a week because right now I'm doing one every two weeks. But I, I like where it's sitting right now. Uh, where it's sitting right now, the wheelhouse is just uh, to show people you can have delicious, decadent food that's not going to hurt your immune. It's not going to spike your blood sugar. But as far as weight loss goes, as an example, this this my this is my current show is air fried low carb chicken fried steak. Mm-hmm. And the carbs in that are in the breading, so I used ground flaxseed, mm. and I made a low carb uh, I made a low carb mushroom gravy using carb quick, which is a flour substitute that's that's similar to carbolos, and mm. it's decadent. It's got a very low carbs, but if you eat a lot of it, it's got a lot of calories. So you have to yeah. still balance that. It's got I think one steak is like 450 calories, which is not right. bad, but you can overeat that too. You got to right. be careful. You have to find a good balance in eating in excess and um, matching it with vegetables and yeah. treat, no, despite it being low carb or not. I just think with anything, you have to find a happy, happy balance. Right, and you have to treat veggie carbs a little differently because they're 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 um, they, they they don't have the same kind of impact as the complex carbs that you get. Is it complex? I always get confused. Like mm-hmm. the carbs you get in breads and sugars and stuff like right. that, it's a lot different than the way it affects your body. Right. Those are, those are simple, simple carbs. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're completely right. Just under, like, if you're going to, I think, I think when you, anytime you change your diet and you 
reference things like low carb or whatever it may be, because that's the problem, a little bit of the problem with the um, health diet uh, marketing sort of thing that's going on right now. It's because you use these keywords, but without understanding fully what they mean could make a huge difference, you know, because at the end of the day, you do need certain carbs in your body because it gives you energy to sustain you. But on the other hand, you have to know how they work. You know, so eating, though you need carbs, just eating bread loaves every day is not going to help you. But if you have like flaxseed, like you said, or oatmeal or something that is a little bit more complex and needs time to break down so it can store in your body and you can use that energy over long periods of time is going to really help you. And so, take, so sorry. sorry. No, go I ahead. I interrupted you. I didn't mean to. It's okay. <laughs> well, uh, you mentioned oatmeal. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to make is air fried fried chicken, and I use ground oatmeal. Mm. And I I tried to share that in a keto group, and they wouldn't let them in. <laughs> where they said, um, no, there's way too many carbs in that. You're insane. You're gonna you're gonna kill yourself with your blood sugar, and it dang. doesn't like my blood sugar at all. Yeah, and it it really depends too because when you think of oatmeal, there's so many different types now. Like obviously, like rolled oats is less beneficial than like steel cut. You know, so you have to really think about like where you're, what kind of oatmeal it is. And then also like I think the bureaucracy of it all isn't really necessary, especially when every diet and what you consume is so individualistic. Like something like how you said carrots don't spike your blood pressure, but it could directly impact somebody else. And so to redline everything would just be nearly impossible, you know. So something that I do with all of my guests on the show, Craig, is if the listeners didn't have an opportunity to listen to anything that we have spoken about thus far, what would you like to leave them with? Words of inspiration, your last mic drop moment. Um, What would you have to say? Well, I would like to say that it's become very apparent to me that type 2 diabetes, especially acquired through diet, has become an epidemic in this country, Mm -hmm. and it has for a while. And... um, my point is uh, I've seen so many people who are so desperate um, and so upset that you can do it. it it's, it's, you don't have to resign yourself to be, to be permanently on, on drugs or in, even injecting insulin. Um, mm-hmm. If you take proactive steps and really investigate the options that are out there for you, mm-hmm. you, can, you can actually arrest this disease and that, like I have. And it, it, takes, it takes work and it takes effort and it takes a, a definite, uh, a definite uh, wanting to, but you can't do it. There's hope. There really is. It's because uh, you, your worst eating got you into this in most cases, it, well, at least in my case. But changing that can make all the difference in the world to you and you can pretty much live a very normal, healthy life. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really inspirational for um, people who struggle with that because sometimes I feel like maybe that you feel alone in that um, and going through that and how with your story, how your doctor just laid all this bad news on you, it can feel overwhelming and discouraging. And so I think that you need that hope to move on and to get through it and get past it, you know? The worst thing about what he did, and it's I'm not trying to, he's retired now, but <laughs> The worst thing about what he did was it was kind of like a shrug. You know, I've seen this before. Okay, yeah, okay, well, well, you're going to get this, you're going to get this, you're going to go in these meds, you're going to get you're gonna get an operation. Yeah. And there was no, it was like, that, that was it. He didn't even suggest changing diet and take being proactive about my own health. Right, um, exactly. And, and I don't think it's a fault of his so much as the system right now, because like, I'm going to mention a name, Paula Dean. When she got diagnosed with diabetes, she had an opportunity to really help people. 
And what did she do? She went out and she started doing commercials for like drug companies. Yeah. You know, I, I that that that's that, that sends the wrong message in my point in my opinion. Of course, but the thing is, the reason why I love food so much. Um, I love all the dynamics of it. And one of the biggest uh, issues is with our medical system in relation to food. And you're right. the doc- Most doctors aren't trained in nutrition as much as they need to be. So when there's issues with you, Craig, and they're like, hey, you know, your heart's not working as good as it should. Here's right. some drugs to fix it. As opposed to saying like, hey, beets are actually really good for your respiratory system to help with blood flow. Try this. You know what I mean? So there's a huge difference in that. But at the same time, it's where the money is going to. It's it's easier for you uh, to have a surgery and all these other things um, because someone's pockets are getting paid for, you know, getting lined with all of that funding. But at the same time, I think we just need to, I, I love having conversations like this because it just opens up the conversation to have to expose certain common issues that are that people face on the day to day, the food industry, and then also our health and wellness. It's what? also one of the main reasons why there's over a third of people uh, suffering from obesity and the diets that were constantly fed and the processing yeah. of food. All these different things go hand in hand. The, the thing I I wanted to one more point I wanted to make was I did not realize the the pure um, curative uh, uh, properties of just eating good food, you know, mm-hmm. in and of itself without medications, you know, eating, a, eating a, a balanced diet that concentrated on, you know, like I said, lower carbs and higher fiber and, and, and good food that wasn't, you know, um, you know, filled with sugar and, and carbohydrates, you know, the bad carbohydrates made such mm-hmm. a difference in my life. And I was never really, I never really thought it would make that much of a difference. You mentioned beets. I worked for a company that sold uh, 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 pills or supplements for nitric oxide. So I, I, I'm very familiar with beets, super beets, and now they create a nitric oxide reaction in your circulatory system and how good that is for you. Mm-hmm. And I think people poo-poo that to think, ah, come on, food can't do all that. And it absolutely can. It, it can. absolutely can. Yeah. It's really, it's really incredible. I feel like it's this beautiful rabbit hole. Like you realize that all of these different issues that we may uh, – suffer from, whether that's uh, fatigue or uh, muscle ache or skin problems or all these different things. Um, it's been done through food. It's very natural. Of course, um, if you have some medical issues, like definitely see your doctor. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not well, advertising yeah. like, you know, that uh, herbs and everything, but um, definitely, but it's, there are other alternatives that are healthier for you it, given that, if, if it's obesity or food-related issues, they can definitely be reversed with a healthy diet is what I'm trying to say. And can be reversed quite quickly. Mm-hmm. I think people would be surprised. I mean, mine was five months. I, I, my, yeah. AC, my, AC1, my A1C was 12 in September of 2016. It was 6.1 in February of 2017. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's amazing. You did it quite quite fast. Yeah, that's that's really – I mean, I even think that's fast. And I think now it's 5.5, five, which is, you know, pretty good. I'd like to get it lower, but for right now, I'm, I'm pretty happy, you know. Um, with, mm. the, with the coronavirus coming out, I, 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 I reached out to my doctor. So he said, so I'm a type 2 diabetic. I'm at high risk. He goes, well, yes and no. He goes, you have a 5.5 A1C. 
uh, that's almost like you don't have it, but you do, but you have it under control. So he mm-hmm. made me feel better about that. He didn't really say it wasn't an issue, but he said, I've done a, you know, I, I, it's, it's a good way to protect yourself by fighting that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, by being stronger. Yep. Um, but thank you so much, Craig, for being a guest on the show. I loved having you. And I really think that your story could give some insight to other listeners who may be struggling with the same thing that you had or that's, have or working on. Yeah, that's the whole point of the Off the Cuff Healthy Cooking with Craig Mitchell show is to give people something to laugh about. It's not the end of the world. And here's something good to eat that's not going to hurt you. Yeah, exactly. Where can people find uh, your social media and your show? Well, you can find me on Facebook. It's uh, Off the Cuff uh, Off the Cuff with Craig Mitchell. I don't know the entire uh, uh, URL. Uh, and you can also find me on um, on YouTube. I have a, it's a off the cuff, healthy cooking with Craig Mitchell on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a very long URL, but I think if you just search for that, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. And I am, and I, like I said, I, I do shows every other week. And uh, on YouTube, you're going to find 75 shows and also on Facebook. But just be aware, the earlier, the further back you go, the worse <laughs> they're going to be. The food will be good, but man, the production value is just like, you know, not great. <laughs> That's okay. I think everybody has a learning curve, especially when it comes to your own video production. It's It takes a little bit, you know, like I could honestly say the first episodes of the podcast show um, were a little bit shaky, you know. Um, but I think as you get uh, used to it, and like you said, you find your stride, it gets a lot better. Right. It's like when you go back and you watch the first episode of Seinfeld, you're like, wow, this show changed a lot, didn't it? <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you again. Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you, Precious, and thank you for having me. Appreciate of course. It. Thank you so much, everyone who tuned in this week. I hope that you have a beautiful, wholesome holiday. I know that it's hard during this time, especially for those who are alone or who are isolated. Thanksgiving is supposed to be a special moment. Um, And so I really hope that on this week and on this day, you feel full of love and full of joy. And so thank you so much. I really appreciate it that you guys are tuning in to these weekly episodes. Yeah, but I guess I'll see you guys next week. As always, live life with love and love food with life. Bye, guys. I'll catch you next time.